Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. It's a pleasure to be back with you all again for our 30... Third? I think. Uh, episode? <laughs> yeah, 33rd. Sorry, we put a question mark on Greg's teleprompter. Yeah. <laughs> I read everything that goes off this, right? Uh, going going to a lesser, less frequent genre tonight. The first? No, we did. We did the Pet Cemetery yeah. special. Mm. Not so special as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, special. Yeah. It's a special app. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a polarizing episode for some, and if, if that's the case, that those people aren't listening. So fuck those guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. If you're listening, you're hardcore. Yeah. And maybe you're a new listener. Maybe this genre has pulled you in, in which case, welcome to the show. New friends of the show, always welcome. Always welcome. Um, what movie are we doing, though? Oh. <laughs> uh, we're doing uh, Freddy Got Fingered. I mean, wait. <laughs> That's not what we're doing. No, that's one of those spin-offs, I believe. Wrong, Freddy. We're doing Nightmare on Elm Street, the OG, 84. Great year. LA Olympics, I believe. Tristan was born. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> four, four years before Expo 88. Four years. <laughs> Things were well and truly underway. <laughs> I went to Brisbane this week. Oh, uh, yeah. And I couldn't find much in the way of expo oh uh, yeah i guess um it's like it happened 31 for. years ago or something yeah there wasn't <laughs> feels like they've moved on <laughs> good for you brisbane yeah fair enough good for you greg hasn't but yeah <laughs> 84 tell you what i know we say this a lot but bloody good year this might be the year the year wow Hey, just listen to these titles. Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Terminator. In Diana Jones and the Temple of Poon. Uh, Mozart in Amadeus. This is Spinal Tap, one of my personal favorites. Yeah. That's a pretty, I mean, others, there's probably some others in there, but that's a pretty banging year. Yeah. Well, isn't Purple Rain that year too? I don't think I've ever seen Purple Rain. <clears throat> Me neither. The Terminator, but did you say Police Academy? I didn't. Yeah, that's in there. But yeah, you could almost do just 1984 podcast. What would you call it? Uh, the year before 1985. <laughs> hey, but you know what came in at number 39 in 1984? And I'm Elm Street. Really? I thought it might have been higher than that. Yeah, right? I think I don't think it got released outside the US because these are global numbers. And, and the I guess, US number was the same as the global number. Yeah, yeah right. So I don't Those other titles, yeah. I don't think it got released at cinema outside the US. But yeah, it, it did well. I, and, I mean, 39 doesn't sound high, but the budget was only $1.8 million. I find that hard to believe. It grossed 25.5. Initially, it was going to be 700 grand. And they got to 1.1, and then I guess eventually 1.8. Maybe that was marketing. I don't know. But Rotten Tomatoes' score is, is healthy. It's a healthy tomato. What is it? Uh, critic score, 94%. Audience, 83. It's hefty. I thought it, you know what, if you'd asked me, I would have thought it would have had a higher people's rating than critics. Do you remember watching it when you were a kid? Yeah, I do. Mm. So Freddie was do a tell. big deal for me. I was pretty into this, but I don't think I started with number one because I can't remember how. I might have started with one of the last ones, Freddy's Dead. Me and my mate Jono would go and rent these from Video Easy. For, a, for whatever reason, my mother let me. So that Video was part Easy of it. Gladesville? Video Easy Top Ride. The crazy thing was, yeah, my mother let me do it. So I think part of that was 
well, I'm allowed to do it, so I'm going to watch all of them. I don't get to watch these very often. I would never let my kids watch this. Yeah. Because it just means they're not going to sleep. And then also, for whatever reason, the people at Video Easy let me rent it out. That this was, they, this must have been like, it must have been like... 90 something? I must have been primary school. Shit. So it must have been 91 or something. Because I was still living in Top Ride. Yeah, shit. That's crazy. Here <laughs> <laughs> you go, kid. <laughs> Pleasant also, dreams. Maybe uh, it was no, Freddie letting you watch it. Maybe. <gasps> this is all a dream. But Shit. The, the interesting thing is, this doesn't excuse my mother because she didn't know this, but the later ones were a lot more comical. Yeah, like he was yeah. kind of a parody of himself and there was all the desk was so over the top and wise. It was almost Deadpool-esque a little bit, like almost like he's winking to the camera and all that kind of shit. Mm. Um, it's called the fourth breaking wall. Breaking down that fourth wall, like a little some Zach Morris yeah, I've learned that since podcasting <laughs> with you. And I remember at the time uh, going back to watch the first one and it being a lot darker and scarier. And I remember the the centipede coming out of the mouth thing as being uh, fucking scared the shit out of me. It's a very specific thing, but this time hey, I rewatched it. But in, creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies, yeah. But I and was so maggots. into it. I was so into it that I... um. In class. Yeah, it was primary school because I was in year five writing a creative writing thing. Year five's primary school. Yeah. And I wrote um, I wrote a Freddy Krueger story called, I remember this because it was such a big deal to me, I wrote it called Freddy's Dead or Is He? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. But um, I remember I, I, I specifically wrote things in there that I ended up seeing in later Freddy movies that I didn't know happened. Like what? So appearing in the mirror in the bathroom and then the taps become his hands. That happens in one of them. I saw that later. So, oh. like, the blades come out of the things. That, so, the, 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 what do you call it? The handles. The, the faucet? I don't know. The thing. You know, the thing you turn the water on and off. Taps? <laughs> yeah. The taps become his hands. And then he, you know, does his thing. Sure and you haven't up, seen it? That's such a bizarre thing to. I uh, mean, I was into this shit. I was like, I think, I mean, I'll come back to more why I think I like this because it reminded me in the rewatch. But there's something about the. Imaginativeness, <laughs> the imagine, imagination that goes into a lot of this Freddy stuff that I found really compelling. Probably more so in the later ones because it gets real bizarre. You mean like uh, Freddy tap hands? Freddy tap, old Freddy tap hands. But even in the second or the third one, he becomes a big snake for part of it, and like yeah. there's all these crazy things. Anyway, I, I was into it. I was big into it, and I think even because the third one, Dream Warriors, I think it's. Is that Dream Warriors? All of them have weird dream names. But that's the one where they they train to lucid dream so Ooh. they can go into their dreams and have powers and fight him. And I remember that sitting with me big time because we've talked about this. We've both been into lucid dreaming and, mm-hmm. and we both experienced sleep paralysis, which is another thing I think has always brought me back to this movie. Not specifically this movie, but this idea of sleep and weirdness and uh-huh. it's, it's, it's close to me. <laughs> And tap hands. And tap hands. Oh, tap hands. But yeah, what about you? Uh, fairly similar. Yeah. Um, minus the being able to rent them. But I had a friend who could. <laughs> but I think, yeah, most of us 80s kids or, you know, born in the 80s kids, this movie has a fair bit of cachet. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I knew about Freddy and his dream tampering before I actually saw the movie. Yeah. So I think he and the... He, more than the film, was a bit of folklore, like his character. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you'd go and have a slumber party and people would talk about – actually, I probably would have watched it by a slumber party age. I was trying to – Candyman was like that for me though too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dare it, each to, other. Yeah, dare each other. That yeah. was big. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, you wouldn't have a, a slumber party or a sleepover without the topic of Freddy coming up. Yeah. And I think, yeah, my one of my mates was particularly obsessed with him. And he would explain the, um, you know, the way Johnny Depp dies. Oh, yeah, yeah. How he gets sucked into the bed. Yeah. So, yeah, Johnny Depp's character, spoiler, <laughs> gets sucked into the bed and then just blood just spurts out and that's how he dies. Yeah. Bed eats him. Yeah. So when you were a kid and then your parents would like turn your lights off and say goodnight, you'd be lying there going, fuck, is tonight the night I get sucked into my bed? Yeah. And die. I didn't have any specific ones like that, but I definitely had like a, a just a general 
not hardcore fear, but just it was always healthy, in the back of my mind. It was a healthy acknowledgement yeah. that that could happen. It legitimately could. But it's just in terms of this of sleeping and yeah, because I I've definitely had Freddy nightmares, yeah. even like relatively recently, like the past few years. Not <laughs> really? not like oh hey Freddy, <laughs> hey 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 Roy, <laughs> hey Fred. Yeah. Uh, no, what does a Freddy nightmare now constitute? Because well, it doesn't make any sense. I couldn't I even explain like it, but I just feel like he shows up in, you know, when you kind of have stress dreams and things. He's 20 years late to the party there, isn't he? <laughs> in theory, yes. Well, I'm fascinated. Stress dreams, you're like, Freddy's your boss and you're missing deadline? Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> evolved. He's like Bill Lumberg. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. He's <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Where are my TPS reports? Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to come in on Sunday, too. oh man but anyway needless to say even though we said it big deal for us this movie big deal for us yeah Uh, probably out of any horror movie i don't have much of a connection to any others maybe scream but that's later this was formative years this was my first scary shit yeah um one other thing worth calling out for me around the childhood piece was the costumes so freddie was like such a go-to for like halloween yeah i remember yeah. Oh, on. I think I had the glove at one yeah. point. Yeah. I had a – well, I, we tried to get our mate's dad to make us like makeshift Oh, versions. yeah? I made a Candyman one He was like an once. upholsterer, so he made us these sick gloves. That's pretty good. I made a Candyman costume once out of like – Candy? Uh, a, a pirate hook. Alan Snakes? A pirate hook and like some – Whiz fizz? Gack that I dyed red or something. I put in a sleeve and I had a mask that I painted – Brown. I didn't. I didn't apply the makeup directly to my face. <laughs> Whoa! You blackfaced a. It was a brown mask. That's not the same thing, is it? <laughs> yes. I was like eight. That doesn't count. If you bought, <laughs> just... I don't know. It's all, it's all getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I phrased it too. I, I could have just said a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I painted it a light brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, big in Halloween <laughs> <laughs> And it was pretty good Except some kids yelled at us Because we were nerds Because Halloween wasn't that big in Australia No, to our no. Overseas listeners. So to, it was a ballsy move To get dressed up on Halloween When we were kids Yeah There wasn't You'd get You'd knock on doors Some people would be nice But no one would be prepared So some people would just like Open the biscuit jar And <laughs> yeah. give you one Other people would be like Go back to America Yep uh, they weren't interested. And some people would just have these weird lolly stashes and I was like, who lives here? Yeah. This is Willy Wonka's they were, house. They were like, you'd get one, yeah. maybe two. Or maybe you get a fruit roll-up or something. Just like random I shit. remember Albie, this old dude from across the road from us who was deaf. He's like, what? <laughs> but my brother was like, trick or treat? And he goes, you want something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Albie. I was scared of him. I had a few of those neighbors. I think he might have given us a... A no-frills can of lemonade. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which I thought was nice, and my brother didn't, nice. so my brother messed Threw his house up. House. Oh, really? Well, when I say messed his house up, put some cream, shaving cream at the door. <laughs> I used to hate it when Brennan left a trick. I was like, man, those people just gave us lollies. Why are you messing up their house? Yeah. It's or. Trick it's or treat. End. Yeah. It's not trick and treat. Yeah, he tricked and treated. <laughs> He was quite the rebel. We treated. Should we talk about <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Should I get into the origin story of this picture? Yes. Origins. Origins. <laughs> origin story. All right. So Wes Craven. Are you a Wes Craven guy? I mean, I I didn't know that much about him growing up, but I knew he did Freddy and then I knew he did Scream. But that was kind oh, of Oh, yeah. I forgot he did Scream. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, some interesting I mean, throwbacks in there on this. But um Was Wes short for Wesley? One can assume. Mm. I don't know too much about Wes other than I used to thought his name was Wes Carvin. And I used to think that was cooler because like Carvin like Well, knives. I thought Wes Craven sounded pretty cool as well as a scary name. Yeah. Sounds... In hindsight it does. But when I was a kid, I Carvin, remember, yeah. I thought Carvin sounded scarier. So I was yeah. like, oh, it's Wes Craven? Yeah. So yeah, my initial <laughs> thoughts were I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right, well, this this movie was pretty early on in his career. So he was a college teacher uh, in upstate New York, trying to get a book happening, wasn't happening, decided to move to New York. Downstate. Downstate. (laughs) 
New York City, uh, became a messenger for some joint that made movies. He had a friend of his, a friend named Sean Cunningham, who would later go on to make Friday the 13th, side note. But his mate had been given a small budget to make a scary movie and was asking him for ideas. And um, what they ended up coming up with was this movie called The Last House on the Left, which I have not seen, but I, I know that name. I think it's one of those, it's an important one, I, I think. Is it? I've never heard of it. So then his second movie then was The The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, uh, yep. The original. Um, he did some TV movies, like Swamp Thing. But basically, while while these were doing fine, like there were, we've heard of them, right? So he just wasn't making any, like things died up. He didn't get a paycheck for three years. Um, this is the part of the true Hollywood story where it's like, Wes fell into a slump and found himself addicted to drugs. <laughs> oh, he did? So he got into, he was smoking uh, smoking the weed, but then uh, also uh-huh. s- snorting the cocaines. Uh-huh. And he's like, all right, I've got to clean my shit up. No more of this. Uh, so he was pretty much just living like, he was living like. So he basically went through his 20s. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh he tried cocaine. No, he wasn't try like he was into it. Okay. I'm, I'm picturing maybe not Stephen King levels, but What do you mean? Stephen King. What do you mean? So you're a druggie. Yeah, didn't we talk about that in the Probably, other? but I forget Hardcore. Tristan. Anyway, so he gets this idea, inspiration strikes, he writes a script. It's nineteen eighty one. So there's two elements that informed this great idea that we ended up with. The first being a few articles he read. That had popped up separately, which is fucking creepy. Separately in the same newspaper over, I don't know if it was months, years or days or what. But three separate articles about three separate occasions. No mention, no referencing of each other in these things of people dying in their sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently one of them was hardcore. And basically it was an Asian immigrant family. And apparently all the... Weren't they all Asian? I think they were all Asian, yeah. And so the last one was an Asian immigrant family... Um, this kid was terrified of sleeping. That's got to suck. His, yeah, his parents, he said, I can't go to sleep because I'm going to die. And his parents gave him drugs to sleep and he, he wouldn't take them. And then eventually he, he slept and he died. In his room, they found all the pills that he didn't swallow and a coffee pot. And this man, he, he died. Like, And there's, there was no medical conclusion as to why he died. Whoa. He just died. Yeah, it's fucked up. The second part, so that this is the that's the main part, I guess. But the second part, in terms of Freddie himself, he had this memory as a kid of um, being at home and uh, hearing something outside. He he lived in an apartment building. Um, yes. Yeah, hearing something outside, and so he looks out the window, and there's a man standing outside who. Well, actually, why don't I let him tell this story? Hey, Wes. When I was, I think about seven years old, I was just about to fall asleep and I heard this shuffling down the sidewalk and went to the win- window. I was in a second story apartment with, you know, living with my family in Cleveland and there was this man that looked pretty much like Freddie ended up looking. He stopped and he happened to look directly up into the window and right into my eyes. Now, I don't know how he knew to stop, how he knew a kid was watching, but somehow he did. And it just stopped my breath in my throat. I, like, backed away from the window with him just staring at me until he couldn't see me and stood back there in the shadows and counted, you know. And I don't know what I counted to, 100 or 200 or whatever, but I didn't hear him, and I thought he must have gone by now, but I would have heard him, but he couldn't just be standing there. And I went back, and he was there, and he just went, you know, like this with this big leer. And then he sort of capped himself by starting to walk down the sidewalk, still looking over his shoulder at me, and then turned the corner and walked towards the entrance of our building, which was... So I remember running through the house, dark house, and going to the front door and putting my ear to it and hearing the door downstairs open. Whereupon I woke up everybody in the house, you know, everybody in the apartment. By the time I had awakened everybody and this guy had disappeared. But that memory became the essence of Freddy because that guy, whoever the hell he was, enjoyed scaring the shit out of a kid. That's fucked up. Yeah, pretty creepy. What if I told you I had a similar story? Spooky. Mm. So we don't want to spook our listeners out there. Some people listen to this shit in bed. Trust me, this is not going to be that scary, but um, I was seven or eight. I was still in primary school. I was sick that week, so I kept waking up early. I knew I wasn't going to school that day, so I just got up early and went out to the back room, patting my dog, staring into the backyard kind of at nothing. 
And then I could see in the bushes what looked like a reflection of glasses, like someone's glasses that they're wearing. Yeah. I was like, huh. And I was a bit dazed because I was sick. And then I was like, oh, is that a, that was a, that's a, that was a person? Is that my sister? Is that my stepdad? This is like 5 a.m. or something. It was still dark. And then it was, it hit me. I'm like, oh, that's not someone I know, but that is a person in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, fuck. The similar reaction to this guy. I just kept staring for a while because I'm like, no, like it's, I'm like imagining Process this. this. Yeah, yeah, this isn't real. And then because he was staying still, I was, he kind of disappeared a little bit. Then he moved again. I was like, whoa, no, no, no. That's a fucking person staring straight into the house, by the way. Yeah. Straight into the house. And I went into my mom and stepdad's room and I was like, mom, there's someone in the backyard. And they're like, don't, there's not, don't worry, get back to bed. I was like, no, there is. And then they came out and he was gone. And they were just about to go back to bed when they saw him run back across the backyard out through the back gate. Oh, good. Yeah. And it turned out he had taken my mother's underwear off the clothesline. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked up is that, man? (laughs) I mean, at least he wasn't a murderer, but fuck. It was... But why was he staring into the house? I think he was just seeing if anyone could see him because the, the back room was like all windows kind of thing. Yeah. And it was not middle of the night. It was like 5 a.m. People could be oh, – I was up. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He's cutting it fine. Do you reckon he like set the alarm? To, oh, I'm going to get my panties, but I'm going to set <laughs> yeah. my alarm. I've got to get up. I've got to get up. <laughs> I'm going to set my alarm f- for three because <laughs> people aren't up. I'll get out. By the time I get out there, it would be like four – Get the panties, be home. And then he he slept through like a lazy fucker. And then he's like, fuck, it's 5 a.m. People are going to start getting up and I still need my panties. <laughs> I think, that, yeah, I think that's what happened. <laughs> or maybe he's like Santa and he had to get to, through heaps of houses. Oh, in he had one to night. get heaps of panties. But the funny thing, I don't think my mum actually told me that last part until I was older. But Why would you take your panties, so mummy? <laughs> <laughs> Did he, he just, maybe he needed them for his wife. <laughs> Well, I don't think I ever knew he took him. I saw him run across the thing. But His all. wife is a blow-up doll. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, or a corpse. So those two elements come together, the underwear guy and the <laughs> no, the creepy old man guy. Very similar story, though, very similar vibe. And even watching the movie, it kind of gave me some flashbacks to this idea of just creepy old guy. Yeah, right. The final element of that is... He called this. He called the character Fred Krueger because he was a kid at his school that bullied him named Fred Krueger. So a that's, bully. Uh, no, a, a bully. bully. A bully. So that's hilarious because that means there's someone out there named Freddy Krueger, the poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> that just wouldn't be taken seriously in any situation or taken too seriously in the wrong situation. Um, the colors of the sweater, apparently from a science point of view, those are... Those two colours together are hard for the brain to take. They're not pleasant or something. Aren't red and green... Um... Christmas? <laughs> no, there's a, there's a word for primary opposing colours. Oh, opposites. Yeah, they, I think they are. Um, he didn't want to... Oh, also, red and green together make brown. <laughs> yeah, you put them all together, they make brown. Red and green makes brown. Freddie also makes things brown because you shit yourself. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. He's the brown maker. Nightmare on Elm Street 7, the brown maker. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he writes the story, pitches it all over town as usual at this point in the story on every episode. Everyone says no. Everyone says no. Disney was interested and wanted to make a preteen safe version of this movie, which I have no idea what that would be. (laughs) (laughs) Just take out Freddy. (laughs) It's just a school drama. Um, (laughs) Make it a musical. A high school musical. Yeah, with Johnny Depp. <laughs> that would actually work pretty well, wouldn't it? Paramount nearly did it, ended up passing because they were making a movie called Dreamscape at the time, which I haven't seen, but judging by the name, apparently it's thematically very similar. Mm. Potentially aesthetically very similar, very surreal, I How suppose. did that one pan out? I don't know. I've heard of one of them, and it ain't that. Mm. A little company called New Line Cinema decided to give them the green light. And they were. A little company. They were in those days. Primarily, uh, they were a, a distributor, not a producer. They yeah. produced a few things, but this really turned it around for them. It became the house that Freddie built. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. But um, being that they weren't big-time producers, they had to get independent investors. And so they started – the initial budget was 700 k then they got it to $1.1 million, 
and apparently it was just a few individuals in like Europe or something. Was it the Queen? I, I assume. I, I don't know the names in front of me. But. I've heard all uh, Lizzie the Second is a big Freddie fan. <laughs> Could be. Um, Go on. So we talk about the casting. So Freddie, Freddie was uh, initially uh, going to be played by uh, one David Warner. Ah. I, I don't know a lot about him. Do you know him? No. No. Uh, but he had to drop out due to scheduling. And then they really couldn't find a guy. And initially they wanted a big dude. They wanted to be a big, scary dude. But um, a young man named Robert England came across their audition process. And he went all out on this shit. Not a huge guy and a little bit younger than what they wanted. But he was just being a mad weirdo. And on the way in, he dipped his finger in his ashtray in the car and put ash under his eyes and slicked his hair back. And I think he read between the lines that this guy was a... They say he was a murderer, but he's kind of a pedo. He was channeling that energy at his audition. Good. You know, like, this is the guy. <laughs> this, this guy's guy. scaring at me. Yeah. <laughs> scaring at me? <laughs> scaring at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Nancy, the, the final gal, as they call them in this genre, I suppose, the final gal. Um, Do they call them that? Yeah. Because, like, like a, the final one to die. Yeah, and there's die. usually a formula to it. So you want to be the final gal. Yeah. It's always like the virgin. You know all those cliches that they do in Scream, right? It's similar to that. But um, he wanted someone non-Hollywood. They had an open audition for 200 actresses. Obviously, Heather Langenkamp got it. Don't know a lot about her. I looked into her. She's done. She's been active, but this is definitely the most iconic role. She even mm. made a documentary about the the cultural impact of Freddie and yeah. why he's so big, which looks interesting. But rumor has it that one Demi Moore, Courtney Cox, Tracy Gold, I don't know who that is, and Jennifer Grey all auditioned, but that's all fucking rumours. Who the fuck knows? Who was the last one? Jennifer Grey. Oh, she... our friend of the show from Bill, sister. Yeah. She would have been good. Yeah. She'd be a good screamer. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get my power from their fear, Greg. David Warner's in Scream too. Ah, okay, well then there's, there's lots of interesting things like that, isn't so there? So, where's got him? Where's got him in the end? He'll always get you. Yeah, where's he will get you? Like the <laughs> brown maker. Do you hear about Charlie Sheen? Char- mm, Carlos Estevez. Do <laughs> 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 you hear about Charlie Sheen? Was he Carlos Estevez at this point? No, it was Charlie Sheen. I just decided to get creative. Um, he was up for the role. They say he wanted too much money. But he says, he said, no, I didn't get greedy until a few years after that. <laughs> so that just wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I haven't formed my uh, expensive habits. Yeah, exactly. At that age. <laughs> exactly. And Johnny Depp wasn't even acting yet. So this is Johnny Depp's first picture. First time behind the camera. Yeah. So he was in a band and his friend was an actor in the movie, uh, a small role. I can't remember who it was exactly, but he was like, hey, Wes, I got a guy. He wants to get into the movies. He's in a band. I assume he talks like that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he sent him a headshot and he's like, oh, he looks like a junkie. Like, he looks gross. And he asked his daughter, like, oh, which one would you get? Like, him. He's hot. And it was Johnny Depp. And he was like, really? I mean, that's the backstory. That's how it all came together. Um, but should we get into the movie itself, Greg? Yeah. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet. But something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. He's in the John puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? There's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! Ah! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Help me, 
master of the hills have eyes and last house on the left a new masterpiece in fantasy terror nightmare on elm street how was the rewatch for you gregory uh it was nostalgic mm. so it was good timing that carol was away because probably wouldn't be allowed to have this out i had to do the same thing yeah Actually, yeah, Ara was away too. Yeah, and I That's timed right. it like that. Although I ended up watching it again last night. Yeah. And I, she went to bed. And every now and then I'll get a text saying, can you turn it down? And I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really bad. Anyway, sorry. Continue. How loud did you have it on? Not that loud. I just felt like I needed to... A, I watched it about two weeks ago because we were going to record this the other week. And I watched it during the day and I wasn't totally in it. Yeah. And then as I was researching it, I was like, I don't need to give this movie a bit more time. And I thought I'd watch it at night to really just get in to the zone. into the intention of the movie. But you waited for Ara to be home when you watched <laughs> it at night. She was already at home, and but I was like, I want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. But when she was away, you watched it during the day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, good point. So I, I kind of tried to embrace to evaluate this movie on its merits. You have to watch it in the way it's meant to be watched. So I watched it at night and right before bed. Which uh, was it was a bit different actually to watching it during the day. It's pretty low stakes when <laughs> you just have it on in the background and you're like scrolling through Instagram or whatever. That's yeah, that's horror in general, isn't it? I remember yeah. I watched those Paranormal Activity ones and they're quite scary. Yeah, yeah, Not for me they are. And I watched that during the. I remember watching them during the day and I, you know, kind of like this is a bit of a cop out. Yeah, and sometimes you watch it during the day and you're not scared at the time until you have to get up to pee that night. Yeah, like, oh, fuck. Because I'm old now. I don't know about you. No. On a bad night, I've got to pee twice. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it depends if I'm training. If I have like a shake late at night or whatever, like yeah. before bed or something, I'm like, I'm peeing twice. And my old place, remember that first place in Paddington? Yeah. That, that was not, that's not good for those kind of movies. No. It was, it, or it, like it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Or it's great for those kind of movies. But yeah, made old, old house sounds. and. But I interrupted you, Greg. What were you saying? Uh... Yeah, so I also watched it um, in Sam's the absence wife. of Carol. And I think I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it this night. And then I was like, oh. You but, were watching it at night? Yeah. Ah, oh, good on you. But then it was okay. I, I found the film. The idea of it was more scary than as you were watching it. I was like, watching it, I'm like, this is just fine. Yeah. I'm finding, and this was the scary Freddy, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about how yeah. Freddy evolves throughout the subsequent sequels, but. Yeah, I was fine with it. I was just like quite in, just enjoying the whole motif. Yeah, it's kind of it's got this visual technique, but it's got that it's sort surreal of surreal and yeah, and that sort of washed even in the day in the day oh, scenes of yeah, the film. It's, it's all like, like it's like Vaseline pearl, on the Vas- yeah, yeah, it's got that Days of Our Livesy type vibe. Yeah, so that was kind of fun. And generally speaking, like yeah, it was there was a lot of sort of flaws in it. Like it was low budget. There's some technical bits and pieces that bring it down a little, maybe. Maybe. Whereas, like, the idea and just the general, like, ball of creativity that it is, I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a budget thing, to your point. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just, like... But there's something there that's a little bit low rent. I don't know. Yeah, it is hard to probably articulate. And other parts of it, like, his face is pretty good. Like, there's actually parts of it that are, like, pretty... Yeah. Well done. A lot of the practical effects look really cool, like the stairs when his feet go in the stairs. Yeah, and his face coming through the wall, like that shit is cool. Yeah. So rewatch was uh, yeah. I'd probably describe it as nostalgic. Yeah. 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 Mine was similar. Um, I did a bit like some of the lap pack movies we do. I did have. I I couldn't remember everything that was this movie specifically, so it was interesting to watch this and go, oh yeah, yeah that was yeah, this one. Oh yeah, that was this one. And it is, to a point, quite different to the rest. Um, there's less, I guess I'll just call it Deadpool-ness now. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of winky, over-the-topness to it all. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. But I still like that he still had a personality. He wasn't just a mindless, you know, the rest like Friday the 13th and... They don't even speak of Yeah, they're just, they're just these big walls that walk around and stab people. Like he's, he's a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. Yeah, similar to you, as I was watching it, I did have a, a thing of like, oh, but maybe the video game analogy, it's like if you go back and play Uncharted number one after you've played the latest Uncharted, like it's a bit clunky. It's true. And it's kind of, I mean, the premise for us is, does it hold up? And actually, on in the background today, um, I had the remake on 
And so that's an oh, actually... Oh, yeah. What's that like? So speaking of exactly what we're speaking of, it is interesting because that technically fixes all the things that we're probably talking about in terms of being outdated, air quotes. It's fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, really. You know what I mean? So it just feels like a very formulaic... Safe or... Yeah, <clears throat> like it's it's still... They're technically doing everything, but it's just, nah, it doesn't have like the soul. Yeah, and I think... I think that's what this has. So while there's parts from like, uh, or like, oh, mm. that looks a bit shit, or uh, that's not scary, there's something about it that's still, there's like, magic's the wrong word, but I think there's just this real surrealness to it. Magic's that, a, probably... It's that surreally vibe. I think conceptually, like... Yeah. It's, it was pretty groundbreaking. It's a big idea, man. Yeah. It's a big it's idea. It's a big idea. It's a big idea. For the, well, for the listeners at home, should we just quickly give them the premise? What, yes, what exactly the, is what's Freddy's deal, Greg? What is Freddy's deal? So, where are we? Uh, Springwood, Ohio. So, is that where Dave Chappelle lives now? He's definitely in Ohio. Didn't what did he say? Ohio was Native American for poor white man. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Ohio. <laughs> um. But uh, a young girl has a nightmare about she's getting chased by this, like, ugly man in ratty clothes and a little funny little hat. <laughs> he's got his little hat and his little fedora. I do think that's a nice touch. Yeah, I talk like, about that. I've got a nerd on that later. His little fedora. Like, these are the things, I think, that make it work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Continue. Um, anyway, then she was, like, telling her friends and – and then I think it wasn't one of the other kids had the same dream or something. Yeah, similar things. I don't think they fully connected the dots yet, but Yeah. Then they have a slumber party and one of them actually gets killed in her sleep and then the boyfriend gets accused and he's on the run from the gaps. Anyway, they start piecing it together and then she's telling her mum, Oh, this man's coming, my dream his name's Freddy Krueger. The mum's like, Oh shit, we killed that guy. <laughs> Honey, I don't mean to, I don't mean to scare you, but he was a local pedophile that we we set fire to, and he can't get you now because he's dead. Yeah, we killed him. Yeah. Well, unless he's you know now now haunts your dreams and <laughs> wants to seek revenge but by raping actually, and killing you. We're, we're kind of joking about it now, but uh, in the new one I watched today, they show the scene of the parents going to kill him and everything, and it's just it's over. I like the in this movie, it's more subtle. Like she's an alcoholic. The mum. Yeah. So she's obviously like dealing with this shit. Yeah. She's killed, they feel, she's killed someone. And later on, she just says it. Like, and it's just, oh, fuck. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, we killed him. <laughs> yeah, the new one was just like, yeah, well, let's make that a whole 15 minute oh, they scene. Belt it out of it too much. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of powers, he can go in their dreams, kill them in the dream. They're dead in real life. There's some gray areas in between where it looks like he's sort of manipulating real life, even yeah. though he's in the dream. I think in the later. Films he definitely does. Yeah. Um, but that's the basic premise. Ipso facto, he starts knocking off all the kids in their dreams. But then, in the end, he gets killed. Or does he? Or does he? Mm. No. Uh, that's my only real gripe with the movie is the ending is just a bit muddy. Well, did you did you come across how that... Yeah, how the, the, the damn New Line Cinema got involved and wanted yeah. to be more open for a sequel. Yeah. Apparently, the, what, they were keeping like that rosy ending... Where they drive off in the car, but what what Wes did want in there was the girls skipping, singing one, oh, okay. two, a subtle nod, yeah, just enough, enough for you to for, go. Oh, did she actually be? Hang on, she's still dreaming. Hang on, yeah, I didn't mind the roof, or if the car went away and the roof was Freddie's colours somehow more subtly, yeah, more subtly without this car stealing them. Yeah, 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 like straight away. But I think, yeah, for me, the main thing is kind of what we touched on. There's there's an idea, a big idea in this, and this the surreal vibe to it really gets me going. Mm. The stairs, Greg, the stairs, when she's walking up the stairs in the dream and her feet go in there. Yeah. That kind of shit's just, I find so like, oh, weird. Yeah. It really fucks with my, with my head a bit. Gets in there. Titillating or something. <laughs> well, like yeah. it's creative. It's yeah. like. It did some good little bu- budget hacks by the sounds of it. Yeah. The um the <clears throat> face coming through the wall stuff was pretty cool, mm. and obviously the murder the moita in the beginning where she's on the roof and yeah. shit. Yeah, the old rotating room. That's how they was do it. it. Yeah, so they so she flies up onto the so she's in bed with her boyfriend. She falls asleep and Freddie gets her. So he wakes up and he's watching her getting violently murdered by what appears to be no one. Mm. But her body's like t- 
getting thrown up against the ceiling and blood spurting everywhere. So this is this is the classic rotating room trick, which I think was popularized back in the day by Fred Astaire dancing on the ceiling and shit. Um, so this may have been one of the first in a, in a movie to do it, but this is where they rotate the room, cameras are fixed, so as a viewer you don't know, but you know the floor's the ceiling, the ceiling's the floor, but it also rotates so you go from the wall to the ceiling, blah, 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 blah. Probably most recently used in an iconic movie in Inception in that hallway fight. But it's a it's a really awesome practical technique. So the whole room rotates literally. Just the box. Like it's, it's a box that rotates. The um they use that room twice. So they used it for her and then they used it for Johnny Depp. And then I think just after that they sold it to Jamiroquai. <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> they did, yeah. For his film clips. Give me something. Is it that one? Uh, maybe, who knows? Isn't that the only one? No. <laughs> well, you're not a Jamiroquai fan? Yeah, he's fine. Oh, I love Jamiroquai. He was cool. He, he likes hats. He I likes could hats. see Freddie. I could see like a Freddie doing a Jamiroquai video clip. Oh, he just need a bigger hat. <laughs> um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so these are the same room for Johnny Depp's moida, where the, all that water comes flying out of the bed. Oh, that is. Because it was basically upside down. Water. Blood. Blood-colored water. He had a lot of blood, Johnny Depp, a lot of blood as it turns color. out. Um, <laughs> I did have a crack at capturing a few of... Some pop culture references. Little, yeah. Did you get a few? I got a few. Um, obviously, Simpsons test passes with flying colors here. He's got three appearances in The Simpsons. Three separate ones? Yeah. So a couple of them are nods, and then he's got his main one. So Ooh. the one you were talking to before, which was in Treehouse Horror 6, Groundskeeper Willie, is, becomes Freddy. You'll pay for this with your children's blood! All right, how are you going to get them? Skeleton power? I'll strike where you cannot protect them! In their dreams. Lousy smarch weather. I wrote the exact same note. Did I you? actually wrote... Bracket? Did Simpsons do it? Yes. Lousy smarch winter. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, In their dreams. <laughs> wait there. <laughs> it's a cracking episode. It's so good, man. It's a, I think that's the 3D episode too. Oh, is it? I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. <laughs> the shower. <laughs> uh, Treehouse Horror 9, Freddie and Jason are waiting for the family on the couch oh. at the beginning. And Treehouse Horror 5, the Shining episode, when Homer agrees with Ghost Mo that he's going to kill Marge. Yeah. And then he finds him not, he's eating just in the kitchen, <laughs> eating all the food. And then Ghost Mo appears with all his ghouls. And he's like, Homer, what are you doing? And uh, uh, he, Freddy's one of them. That's mad. You need to go one for one? Go one for one. All right, I got one. Uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, Scary yeah. Scary Terry. Scary Terry's awesome. Oh, here we go. Holy crap! Looks like some sort of legally safe knockoff of an 80s horror character with miniature swords for fingers instead of knives. I'm Scary Terry. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. We have to escape into someone else's dreams, Morty. Which is interesting because that episode is also a parody of Inception, Inception. which I think has uh, there's a dotted line from Inception to this. I yeah, think a little bit room. like they we both, just said, the room. Yeah, they both use the rotating room. Good to see but that the, idea the of technology is coming dreams, And also, if you die in the dream in Inception, you die in real life. There's definitely some shit going on there. Do you have another pop culture or legacy item? Yes, imagination. Oh yeah. He's in Imagination Land. Yeah, I remember that. What if I told you that Freddy Krueger had his own MTV show? Ooh. <laughs> this is insane. He had a show on MTV. From what I understand, I don't know, I, I didn't see it. We didn't have an MTV in Australia at that point. It was in 1988, I think. It was a music show. <laughs> He's introducing songs and shit in this <laughs> clip I found. Barry Manilow! No, 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 no. No, you don't, sister. Not tonight. Welcome to Elm Street, my pretties. I dare you to take a nap during the next 60 minutes. Why? Because there's video coming up from ZZ Top, Duncan. In fact, uh, a couple guys from the band said they might drop by if they're not 
Brady Katz. Bizarre. But I think what we're what we're touching on here, Greg, is that Freddie's an icon. Big time. We're talking about when we talk about how does things hold up, how's it age, like all of those things are evidence of a cultural legacy that is strong, that is still going. If you make it all the way to Rick and Morty, like that's that's now. That's current, yeah. That's current. And I reckon it's one of those ones what I like about it is he is a character. He's not just like an a blank slate. He wears a hat. <laughs> like you know what I mean? And he's got a personality. He's doing TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even just in the movie itself, like he's got a person, like he's a horrible person. It, that's another one too. There's no sympathy angle. Like in a lot of the others, their origin stories are a little bit sympathetic, like Leatherface who has had a weird upbringing or... Do you know his backstory? I've got it. Do you want it? So He wears a hat, Greg. I've got it here. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Okay. In the 1940s, a young nun named Sistimera Helena Amanda Kruger. Oh, I think this comes out in the third one. Was Continue. accidentally trapped inside the ward of the Western Hills Psychiatric Hospital, housing only the worst of the worst criminally insane. And Amanda was raped and tortured by a hundred patients, found days later pregnant and close to death. Nine months later, she gave birth to Freddy Krueger. Yeah, see, I reckon that's falling into later trends of like, yeah, make them sympathetic. This is why I don't, I don't like that they're doing this with the Joker right now. Yeah. You know, just that, they've got the new actually, Joker movie. Yeah. It's like, well, no, that's what's the, the context point. of the Joker? Uh, it seems like it's an origin story thing. Yakun. Yeah, the, the old, the old wak, wakin, wacky, wacko wakin. I mean, it looks like it'll be fine, but I think part of the point of the Joker is like, there is, it's a blank slate. Like, you don't want to know. Yeah, I don't know. You know what sympathy. Yeah, rationale. and actually, that also had me thinking that there is a there is definitely a, some dotted line connection between modern takes on the Joker and and later takes on Freddy. Yeah, it's kind of that interesting maniacal, cheeky, pedophile, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw a good recast today. It might not be a recast here. It may actually be a casty or a rumored casty. Kevin Bacon playing Kruger. That'd be good. Oh, that would work. Yeah, but um, but yeah, my, my my point there is really that I just think, in terms of aging, there aren't many movies that have made an icon like this. Like I reckon this is the equivalent of what Frankenstein was a hundred years ago. Maybe not today, but it's like then it's up there now with those he guys. Is. He's up there with them. I absolutely is. Yeah, well, there ain't many of those. Definitely one of the great iconic villains. How do you feel about scary movies in general? Are you a scary movie guy? Yeah, I like scary movies. Yeah. I don't watch, I'm not like obsessed with them. Um, they scratch I, an itch somewhere. Yeah. I was trying to explain it to someone the other day and I couldn't. Without <laughs> sounding weird. Yeah. No, I just like the rush. <laughs> you know, it sounds, you sound like a horrible person. Yeah. I think it's more what we touched on before, just that there's a big idea in this movie and I think often scary movies do have like a high concept to them. Mm. So there's usually an idea there. Whereas, like... Yeah, a good one makes you think, as you say, when you turn off the There's film. an interesting premise, like Black Mirror or something. There's, like, something to it. Gets you thinking. Usually. A lot of scary brain. movies are bad, but the good ones can be really good. Yeah. Almost like a good sci-fi, yeah. in a way. Which I was thinking about today as well, and I'm like, well, that's interesting, because I reckon there's overlap there. Because they say Frankenstein was one of the first sci-fi stories. Because it's oh, yeah. like, what if a scientist... You know, sci-fi often starts as a what if and you project a scientific possibility into the future. Mm. So I think there's a similar thing there where it's like it starts with a, a really heightened what if thing that a lot of other movie genres don't. Like a comedy is just like, yeah, what if Kevin Hart was a cop? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas these are, these are ideas. So it's like, yeah, what if someone could get you in your dreams and you would die? And then it opens up all these possibilities. Oh, that would mean this. And then like, oh, all kinds. Of, there's no rules. What are the rules? Ah, like it's more draws me in a bit more. I reckon. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I also think that there's they get they they're a bit underappreciated. They do all kind of get bucketed in as dumb movies, and then not. I agree. I think there's a bit of a renaissance happening now with like the Jordan Peels of the world. Did you see Babadook? Yeah, that was good. I haven't seen it. I hear it's. That is good, and that's another good point. It's Aussie as well, by the way. That's Aussie, yeah. 
and um, he's become a gay icon. Yeah. So, so this is yeah. the thing with scary movies, I think. When they do catch on, often it's because it's like an allegory or people see it as an allegory for something. So the LGBT community saw that as an allegory for being gay, basically. But there's a whole thing on a whole article about that. It's pretty fascinating. But there's also that movie they say is an allegory for the, the father that died and that kind of thing. And so a lot of scary movies do operate on that allegorical level too. But uh, Jordan Peele's movies have done pretty well on that level. I like, haven't seen the... The newer one. Mm. There's a similar thing going on. Is so it scary? Get, get Out obviously has like racial things going on there. Us has something else going on there, but it's still like you can view it as an... I think it works better as an allegory than it does as a actual plot and storyline. Is it um, good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't seem... I like Get Out better, but it's definitely a, a must-watch. Because, again, for the same reason, I'd rather see a big idea... You know, taking a big swing, yeah, and maybe not nailing it, but I'd rather watch that than a perfect mediocre movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so I think I am a sucker for a good idea, mm. and then I can, I'll just, I'll be very forgiving of things along the way as long as you're like, yeah, just focus on the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In saying that, there are some interpretations of Freddy, some allegories happening in this movie. They say in this in one. Yeah, in one even. I think uh, there's different ones in different movies, they yeah. say. but uh, um, Fire them off. So one being sort of about adolescence and puberty and basically heightening all the tensions in that area. So uh, yep. a little bit like fucked up version of the interpretation we had of Labyrinth, whereas that was a woman, uh, uh, a teenager sort of going, becoming a woman and oh, fantasizing yeah, about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasizing about... David Bowie's cock. David Bowie. Whereas this is the opposite. Instead of David Bowie, it's a creepy guy that's basically, you know, trying to molest them. Um, so it's it's kind of the scariness of becoming an adult and or, or becoming a... Oh. Yeah, and creepy old men, basically. Um, I, oh, there's this mad quote I read. I was reading this article about it. It's basically saying, like, it's, it's the ultimate expression of the creepy old man that says, oh, geez, you've grown up. You know, like... <laughs> It's that kind of vibe, that creepy old guy. Because so much of it is pretty sexualized, like in the bathtub, but coming the out between her legs, gnarly, yeah. dying immediately after sex. Um, a lot of tension with the parents, adolescency, angsty stuff yeah, going okay. on. And he was supposed to be a pedo in the original version. And I always interpreted him as that. But technically in this, they don't say he's a pedo. They just say he was a child killer. Well, I think... Um, I, well, I read that, yeah, the pedo thing came around because that was like the worst thing that yeah. Craven could think of. It's like, well, that's the worst thing he can be, so yeah. I'll make him that. Yeah. But they dialed it back a bit for the movie, I think. Yeah. Because it was a bit too gnarly. Yeah. But it's also interesting, his weakness was the same as a sexual predator because sexual predators are all about power and fear. And as soon as she said, you have no power, I don't, I'm not scared of you, like he was powerless. So that's kind of yeah, interesting too. It is. But Mr. Craven, Mr. West talks about it himself. He talks about how um, it's also about generational tension and sort of the idea of dealing with the sins of your, of your parents, living with the sins of your parents and how that affects you. I think you have the kind of mentality of older men that can send young men off to war or a, a generation that always hates the music of a young generation because it's threatening to them because they are, they are the ones inheriting new life, you know, whereas the older people are the ones inheriting old age. So that became the essence of Freddie. Yeah, so there's this interesting generational thing he's playing with there. Um, but there's also this pretty cool quote he talks about, Wes Craven, that is. Wes talks about, <clears throat> in a sense, Freddie stands for the worst of parenthood and adulthood, the dirty old man, the nasty father, and the adult who wants children to die rather than help them prosper. He's the boogeyman and the worst fear of children, the adult that's out to get them. Oh, yeah, so so living so living with the sins of your parents, does that mean like the Australian housing market is the Freddie Krueger of today? Hey! hey Hey-oh. <laughs> I don't know if that translates overseas, but... Yeah. Millennial. 
you like the music in this movie? Can't remember. What if I told you? Dream Weaver. That was instrumental, so to speak, in uh, the score to this film and even the conception of this film. I think that song came out in the 80s, 70s or whatever. And Wes, that was one of the ingredients that went into the formulation of the idea itself. But even, I didn't know this, but the opening of that song is very much on brand for Freddie. Check this out. So the song by Gary White, you'll know it. Um, hopefully you recognized it from what we just butchered here in the studio. But if not, listen to these opening notes here and tell me if this is not Kruger-esque. crazy right that's a trip yeah some sources say they used that sampled it others say it was just inspiration i mean i couldn't find definitive answer on that i think it's inspiration but it's pretty damn close isn't it and then obviously thematically that song is yeah it's dreamweaver <laughs> yeah so that's that's pretty fucking cool love song about freddie and um oh well actually i was thinking on that speaking of our friend of the show jordan peele and how he used um i got five on it yeah, in, in that trailer and in the movie, for us, mm. like that was kind of a similar thing. You take a popular song and then you turn it into a creepy fucking thing. Yeah. Um. But also, man, the song, the one, two, three. Oh. Yeah, I'm still not really down with kids singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm terrified to have kids, Greg, because what if they sing and skip on skipping they ropes? Do sometimes Bruce sings. Walks into our room and starts singing in the middle of the night. Oh, fuck that. And he likes to sing, like, softer. <laughs> that is fucked, man. That's yeah. actually fucked. So we talk a little about, uh, I mean, we talked about his legacy in pop culture, but what about just literally in terms of sequels and spin-offs and that kind of shit? Did you ever watch the Jason, the Jason versus Freddy's and all that? I think I saw bits of it somehow, but I don't yeah. watch or watch it. From my understanding, I think I've seen about four Freddy's. I don't think I've seen all of them. But should we, let's, well, let's go through them all. So there's obviously the one we just talked about, Nightmare on Elm Street. But then there's number two, Freddy's Revenge. That the came out one? one year later. The camp one? Uh, I'm not sure. Apparently it's super camp. Oh, like camp camp. Yeah. I thought you meant like at a camp. Uh, <clears throat> no. Well, no. it didn't do very well. So the thing was Wes Craven was involved in the first one and he basically made no money out of any of the sequels until 10 years later when they were negotiating him to come in and make a new one. And so a oh, lot of what, what, why not? Uh, he well, a he I don't think he was interested in making sequels at first, but then it became so big. I don't think he <laughs> knew what he was the decision Walking he was really making from. at that yeah. point. Um, but he ended up retroactively getting rights back and that kind of thing for the sequels when he came back to do the new Nightmare one. Okay, but before we get to that, Freddy's Revenge, nineteen eighty five. That's got forty one percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty widely recognized as not a great one. Number three, Dream Warriors, is where it came back to being pretty fucking good. I think that's the one I remember most. Um, yeah, okay. And uh, Makes sense from a release date as well, I guess. Yeah, and the main chick came back. Yeah. And then Dream Master, which this is where they get all muddled up for me. Dream Master in 88, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Dream Child, 89, 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then Freddy's Dead, which I think was my entry point. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Or is he? In 1991, but I got 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. But what's really cool is when Wes did come back and he made Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Do you know much about Wes Craven's New Nightmare? No. It's fucking cool. So in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, so the actress who played Nancy, um, Heather Langenkamp, plays herself in the real world. Freddy Krue- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is a movie. It's our reality. Wes Craven's in it. Uh, Robert Englund, Englund is in it yeah. as himself. And Freddy's just a character in a movie. Meta. Is it like Last Action Hero? Kinda. Yeah. And he comes out of the movie and 
he like it's 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 kind of it's interesting because there's all these layers right first he's in the dream and then he comes into the real world in the movie but then he comes out of the movie into the real real world it's pretty fucking cool and so like with that in mind i reckon like if you haven't seen any of them i reckon if you watch one three and new nightmare that one i just said I reckon that would be a pretty good trilogy. Ooh, interesting. Maybe I will. Because they're the three with that actress in it, and they're the three best ones. They're the three I remember. And that one came out in 94, so it's it's getting a bit better in terms of technology and just budget and <laughs> craftsmanship. <Yeah. laughs> um, but then obviously there's Freddy vs. Jason 2003, which was not very good. I think it had Kelly Rowland in it. Am I wrong? I think it did. Oh, I can't remember. Then there was the reboot, like I just said, and again, like technically, I remember being excited for this when I saw the trailer when it came out, and then it just fizzled. Like, why would that not be as big as the It remake? Like, that should be that level of. Yeah. Is it time to come to our verdict? It's time to come to our verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I think maybe we'll start categorizing our rewatches. You know, sometimes it's a time capsule or sometimes it's yeah. a almost educational. This one I, I would have down as like a prescribed text. <laughs> like you should watch this just as part of history yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to understand. It's so big in culture that you need to see where it started. Where it started. Usually. You've got to watch kinda, it out of respect. Yeah, you got to watch it out of respect because yeah, this is like the in its purest form how it came about. At the same time. I'm keen for reboots. I reckon it's the kind of character, like it should almost be public domain. I want to see different interpretations beyond, of Freddy. Yeah. yeah, it is beyond that film. Like what's a Guillermo del Toro version of Freddy look Ooh. like? You know, that would be pretty fucking cool. Or even a Robert Rodriguez version of Freddy. Like these would be fucking cool movies. Ooh. I would watch the shit out of those. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to worry about the continuity or anything. It's almost like a Bond movie. Like just. Yeah. And Baz Luhrmann could do Freddy too. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> the um, so it's, I'm just found it's it's publicly referred to as the gayest horror film ever. Really, it's become a cult film for gay audiences in a good way. Like maybe it's awesome. I want to go watch it. One of the guys suggests that the film's gay subtext was increasingly emphasised through script rewrites as production progressed. "Quote: It just became undeniable," he told BuzzFeed in 2016. Huh. I'm lying in a bed and I'm a Pieta, and the candles are dripping and they're bending like phalluses and white <laughs> wax is dripping all over me. It's like I'm the center of a Bukaki video. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember seeing it. I, anyway, sorry, I digress. What say you, Greg? Uh, yeah, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's it's got to watch it out of respect. Yeah. Respect for the for the community. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, right? I mean, most of our listeners, I'm sure of, I'm sure I've probably seen some Freddy movies. Yeah. So if you're rewatching it, I would say rewatch it just to reacquaint yourself because it's still worth it on that prescribed text air quotes level. Yeah. But be prepared for some some aging. Pretend you're going back to play a PlayStation One game, like it's that kind of <laughs> yeah, that kind of disconnect a little bit. Yeah, appreciate the the nostalgia. Yeah. Hey, MVP? Ah, uh, MVP. I struggled a little bit on this one. I mean, Freddie, I guess. That's kind of where I got to. I was, I did have Nancy, but then after everything we just said, like this is an iconic performance and it's his performance, like all those stories from the audition process. It's not like, it's not like Jason and... Michael Myers, like this is a performance yeah. and it's a character and he's doing things. So it has to, it has to be him because that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's the vibe. It's Marbo. Mm. What else we've we got coming up? We've got Nutty Professor. Yeah. 
We've got maybe some Fifth Element at some point. Oh, Fifth Element is in the mix. Crocodile Dundee. Oh yeah, we're going to do some Australian movies, and that's the only one uh, that's ever been made. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's plenty, but we're starting there. Starting there. um, Keep it international, but we're going to do some deep cuts too for you American listeners. You need to watch these movies. We'll give you fair warning so you can get up to scratch. Yeah. What did you think of Freddy? Were you a Freddy person? Do you agree with our verdict? Let us know. Hit us up on the socials, on uh, Instagram, Double Impact Podcast, on Facebook, and uh, Double Impact Podcast at gmail.com. All these places. All those places. Uh, Leave us a review if you like what you hear. Yeah, give us a review. Helps us uh, get some exposure out there. Grab your your friends. Grab your girlfriend's phone and Submit a review of hers if you've already used your own. Or your boyfriend's if you're one of our 20% female listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. All right. Bye. Yeah. Oh, Nicki Minaj also. Take yourself a beer.